Hello and welcome to a Wednesday episode of the Watling and Owen Show. Matt Watling, as always, joined alongside my my confidant, my good friend Luke Owens. And and Luke, I've kind of noticed throughout the the world of sports media and sports radio, hosts refer to their their co-hosts as friends, as my good friends, <laughs> because because as as you know, Luke, and as you know, the people closer to me know, I've been sort of fake interning slash working part-time for ESPN radio out in Syracuse and Stephen Fonte, who's also the, the news, the sports anchor for news channel nine, he calls everyone his good friend. Wow. And it's just, he's, you know, everyone talks about it now, you know, over there here, we see people on, on the K show doing it, Luke. So everyone does it. And, and what's interesting is a lot of the times they don't actually mean it, but with you, Luke, I mean it, you are my best friend. You better mean that. I mean, coming onto the show like this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it definitely gets overused. I think, you know, friend of the show is an overused term, you know, good friend, things like that. So, you know, the, the fact that you really mean it means a lot to me. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I learned after that one year, I said friend in, in media and not best friend. But we were, That's right. we, that was like a year into us being, being co-hosts. No, that it was, was like just the funny. end of sophomore year. And I didn't know if, if you were ready for me to call you my best friend at that point. That's right. I didn't know if that Maybe was – I don't know if I was ready to, to say I love you. Yeah, that's right. I, I didn't want you to force it, so I'm glad you uh, you took some time to, to really know that you meant it. Yeah, and, and one team, Luke, that is running out of time and ran out of time last night was the New York Yankees. They elim- they're eliminated from the playoffs, a 6-2 loss to the rival Boston Red Sox. It's a, a really rough loss. Luke, you kind of said it before. Everything went wrong with this team. Garrett Cole last two innings, a career low. He allows three earned runs. A two-run home run by Xander Bogarts. Kyle Schwarber hits a home run. Be- beyond that, the team just couldn't hit. You had Joey Gallo, who's hitting sub-200, batting in the four spot, you know, trying to break up the righties. But in that same point, you know, you can pitch around Stanton. You can pitch around Judge, who, who were right in front of him. So a whole lot goes wrong for the Yankees. But, but Luke, I guess the the I guess what we'll get to later is the big question everyone wants to know is does Boone return? Right? You're not going to fire Boone because he has no years left on his contract. Luke made that explicitly clear <laughs> on his Twitter. However, that is kind of the big question. But we'll, we'll touch on that later on, Luke. Because first, I want to get your your kind of take on the game. And, and for me, it almost didn't hurt just because you knew from the third or fourth inning, and I guess really the sixth inning, this team was not coming back. No, to be honest, I think the one feeling and, and you know, if you talk to, to some older fans or, or maybe some some more, you know, kind of reactive fans, I think the anger is definitely there. But to me, it, it felt like more of a sadness than an anger because this is a team that all year has been up and down. And, and to go out with a real whimper to me is just it's disappointing. Uh, it's embarrassing, frankly, that you're, you're ace and, and your star and, and obviously – you know, I, I don't want to be the, the broken record guy. You saw on Twitter, you know, this is what you're paying $324 million for. Obviously, Garrett Cole didn't perform, but there's so many other pieces beyond that. You know, Garrett Cole, I, I said it even when he gave up the two-run home run. It's like, okay, even if Garrett Cole lets up two runs this game, the Yankees still have to score at some point, and they really didn't. And that was the most disappointing part is that outside of, you know, your your top three in your order, no one produced. And the most disappointing part is when you talk about, you know, Gallo and all those other guys, like, the, the whole point of Joey Gallo and those guys that get on base and maybe have lower averages is they're supposed to work a count. They're supposed to work a pitcher. And the Yankees swung, I think, at – I believe it was like 11 first pitches 
Um, and a lot of those were resulting in outs. Like they're they're trying to jump on the first pitch against Evaldi. His pitch count was great. I mean, he only got pulled because uh, I think you know Cora felt it was time to to move on from him. But it, it really was a, a sad game. Like they really went out with a whimper. There wasn't a lot of you know. I'm not gonna say there wasn't a lot of heart there because I obviously you know they're they're trying their best and and you can't obviously they're, they're hustling and everything like that. But it just felt like once Bogart hit that two run shot, the energy completely shifted and it, it, the Yankees just could not dig out of a hole. Luke, you touch on, you know, four through nine in the lineup. They were like one for 20 yeah. last night. I mean, there, there was non-existent. And, and you touch on, on Garrett Cole. They didn't walk. Say, they didn't do anything. What was that? They didn't walk. Either. Like, the Yankees walked, I think, like seven guys for the Red Sox and drew like two walks. Like, it was bad. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I, I go back to Cole, and you can say the offense needs to get going. The offense needs to hit. Cole's got to be better. And, and I'm not putting the blame entirely on Cole. But you look at some of the key pieces – in playoff runs that are starting pitchers, and they dominate, right? You look at the Mets when uh, – who did they face? Was it against the Giants a couple years ago right after the World Series that they went to? Yeah. They just dominated them. Oh, uh, Bumgarner. Bumgarner completely dominated them. Even if the Giants had two hits or three hits, and I think the Yankees ended with six or seven, which is okay, right? It's nothing crazy, but only a couple less than the Red Sox. You know, they weren't getting no hit. They just had to find the time to put the pieces together. If Cole could could be dominant like he's supposed to, maybe the Yankees lineup feels a little less pressure. Maybe they're not as jumpy or as anxious to get runs. And I think that's what's disappointing the most because you know the offense is going to struggle, right? And, and it shouldn't, but the offense has struggled all season long. You know, DJ had, hadn't been right. You know, Torres was struggling for most of the year. Everyone except for Stanton and Judge were not – were playing – Worse than the back of the baseball court, so to speak. So if you know that going into it and you know the offense was going to struggle and was home run or bust, I would have wanted to see Garrett Cole go out there and actually show me something. And I'm not going to say that his contract is a failure or he's a failure because this was one season. And at the end of the day, Luke, was this team going to win the World Series even if they won this game? Probably not, right? I don't think they were good enough at this point. But for me, for a team that had high expectations going into the season, a team that in my opinion, was favored to beat the Red Sox. You just look at the talent alone, and, and the Yankees should have more talent and, and more wins. It's disappointing to see your, your ace go just two innings. It, it really is. And it's hard to explain what happened. He just had no life in his fastball. He just couldn't control it. And, and that, I think, completely killed the Yankees' confidence when you give up a two-run, you know, a couple runs early on. Yeah, then going into the game, if you know if Cole had to pitch a, a game one sixty two or one sixty three, and you had Montgomery on the mound or something like that, you'd have a different feeling. It'd be like, okay, you know, we know we're gonna have to score runs. We know, you know, this is gonna be a tougher game. But with Garrett Cole going with an extra day of rest, like he was ready to go, and for him to get touched up early, I think that definitely changes kind of the way this game went. And I think also in the first inning, if Stan's ball leaves the yard, I think that's a whole other game too, where you know they get a little bit of confidence, they can kind of take that deep breath and, and say, okay, we're, we're here. We're in this thing. Um, but for the Red Sox to score first on that home run by Bogart, I think that was really the turning point where it was like, uh-oh, like Cole doesn't have it. Um, the offense is going to have to scramble to score runs. They couldn't. But there's just so many parts of this game you can point to and be like, that that was an issue. That was like, you know, Severino stayed in for a batter too long. You have the, the – really the worst play of the game was the judge play. I mean, the, the send home. I mean, the Yankees are, at that point are down 3-1. to one. They've already scored one run that inning. They've knocked Evaldi out of the game. You can feel a momentum shift. And when Aaron Judge is clearly going to be out at home, he gets sent. If he stays at third, at second and third, one out, all Gallo has to do is hit a fly ball to get another run in. But he's uh, only had was, two pop-outs. 
or two That's sack true. flies. He's not a sack fly guy. That's true. But I mean, I, I still like the chances better with second and third and two uh, and one out than just a man on second with two outs. I, I think it goes back to the the fact that the Yankees were pressing Luke because this is a team that didn't trust the back two thirds of their lineup. And going into this year, this was supposed to be the deepest lineup in baseball. This was supposed to be a dynamic lineup. And I, I really wonder if they could go back in time, would they take Gallo out of the four spot? Because you want to bring in lefties, you want to have some balance, but he just couldn't do it, Luke. He just could not produce anything. And, and yes, the entire bottom two-thirds of the lineup couldn't, but for really the most important player in your lineup is the guy protecting Judge and Stanton at this point, and he couldn't do it. And, and that's why I think you saw Judge get sent. That's why I think you saw a little extra you know, aggressiveness on the base path. But also, don't get me wrong, the Yankees were caught at home like 22 times this year. Yeah, like th- That's way too many. You're giving them a lot of runs. Even if you only score in half of those, if you hold up, that's a completely different story. And another kind of storyline coming out of this game, Luke, beyond, you know, Ivaldi getting pulled slightly early, although it didn't really matter at this point, behind or beyond the Yankees' bat not showing up again, there was an Aaron Boone quote that really seemed to bother a lot of people in media and in fans of the Yankees, which I didn't understand. It didn't bother me. And I'll read it for you here, Luke. Uh, Boone said, quote, the league has closed the gap on us. We've got to play better in every aspect because it's not just the Red Sox and Astros now in our league. Look at our division. The Rays are a beast. Toronto. There's some teams in the Central that are better and better. Teams in the West that are better and better. Teams that have closed the gap on us. And I could be wrong, but I think people are blowing this completely out of proportion, Luke. Because he's not saying... We're, we're not, we're, we were the big, big bad Yankees, big bad Yankees, excuse me, and these teams are getting better. What he's saying is the league itself is getting so much tougher that the typical cream of the crop, right? The teams that were the Yankees, the Red Sox, the perennially great teams over the last decade or so, because the Yankees have been perennially great considering the amount of times they've made the playoffs. They haven't won a World Series, but they haven't been a below 500. Right now, in the AL, there's a lot more good teams than there were a couple of years ago. And I think that's what Boone is trying to say. Yeah, I agree. I think people misinterpret it. They, you know, they interpret it as, oh, well, the Yankees you know, think that they're the big bad team. They haven't made the World Series since 2009. But I think what he's saying is now with the, the technology and the data and the analytics, like teams have a lot easier time closing the gap. I mean, Toronto did a great job in the draft and adding pieces. Um, you know, teams like the White Sox are on the up. I mean, even the Tigers had a, a surprisingly good year for what they were supposed to be like. It's a lot easier to win baseball now without money. I think that's the big thing here is the Yankees can't. Obviously, the fans are going to want the Yankees to go out and spend a lot. And, and maybe they will. They definitely need a couple of pieces for sure. But I think what Boone is saying is you can't just do that and expect to win at this point. You can't add, you know, just Gallo and Rizzo at the deadline and expect to win all the time. It's t- it's tough to win. Like, it, it is hard. And I, I think maybe the tough part about it is you know, the guy that's coming from, I think Aaron Boone right now is, is under a lot of heat. Um, some of it may be deservedly so, a lot of it definitely not. Um, but I think that's what, what's going on right now. Is a lot of people are just not having it with Aaron Boone. So everything he says is going to be just absolutely torn into pieces. I wonder if not extending him would shake the team up a little bit. Not because it's his fault, but maybe because they want someone else in there. Maybe Cashman wants to send a message to his player saying, listen, this is unacceptable and say, listen, you guys got Boone not fired, but you, you're the reason yeah. why Boone's not our manager anymore. And that could be one way to go about it, Luke. I also think that it should be a completely you know, seismic change in who's on this team. 
because the players on this team are clearly not cutting it and they haven't cut it, you know, since I guess 2018 when the team was really expected to make a difference. Right. And if this is a team that's dedicated to spending over the luxury tax, which I really hope they are, Luke, at this point, just for Yankees fans' sanity and for this team's sanity and for the actual success of this team, I hope they go out and spend big money. But there's a handful of guys in the, on this team that I don't think I need to see back next year. I don't think I need to see Luke Voigt back next year, Luke. Not because he's a bad player, but because I need a different type of player than a home runner bust guy, right? I don't want to see Glaber Torres on this team again. I want to, you know, bring in Correa, bring in a Seager type. Right, I don't need to see Joey Gallo anymore, and they have a year of eligible, of uh, they have another year of control. Luke, I don't want him anywhere near this team next year because he's the same thing as Giancarlo Stanton, except thirty times worse. Right, you've got to figure out a way to change up this team, and you can bring in a different manager, which I don't really care if you do, but you've got to bring in different players. You've got to bring in guys that are that are going to get on base, and I'm not talking about Greg Allen, because. He played 32 games in the last two seasons, Luke. He's not an everyday MLB player. I don't care what old fan has to say about it. He should not be on this team as a even a fourth outfielder because he's not good. He isn't. If he was, he'd be in the MLB by now, right? So bring me legitimate depth MLB baseball players. You know, who was it that just signed with the with the uh, the with Toronto from the Astros last year? Springer? Bring me Springer types, right? Bring me guys that can hit for average, not necessarily hit for power, but guys that can get on base and then let Judge and Stanton and maybe one more do the work. Yeah, they certainly could use a couple of those guys for sure. Um, I, I just don't – it's tough because the, the Yankees are so dug into this philosophy. I just – I think they're going to do it again. Like, I have no confidence in them changing anything. Like, I, I think they'll maybe add a shortstop. I think maybe they'll add an arm, but – I don't see them getting rid of everyone that you just suggested. I, it's just hard to see it happen. And I think, I think Boone, I think you move on from just for the fact of to get a fresh face and, like you said, to kind of be like, all right, no, one, you know, no one's safe around here. Like if you're not gonna, uh, if you're not gonna, you know, win games, you're gone. And but but the players haven't won games either. Like how are you gonna, how are you gonna say, oh yeah, Boone's gone because of you guys, and then not change the room up? You know, you've got to. Yeah, but you say, you know, get a George Springer. There's not just George Springer's like growing on trees. So maybe get someone that's slightly less than Springer. But but for me right now, Luke, I don't want Joey Gallo in this outfield with with Judge and Stanton. It's a it's a weaker defensive lineup. It's it's too much. There's too much power in this lineup. You know, I think DJ DJ is gonna have a really big bounce back here next year, Luke. He had a uh, a sport sports. Jeez, I cannot talk today, Luke. I'm just so enraged by this Yankee team, but he had a sports hernia injury that sidelined him for the last playoffs, basically. And from what I've heard, you know, those are injuries that linger. So that might have been an injury that he had for most of the season trying to play through it. And if he can yep. come back healthy next year and be what he was, because you don't take that big of a, of a step back from one year to another unless there's something wrong with you. And, and I think that's that. If he can get back to normal – Maybe you keep Torres at second base so he can have some offense. You've got to move on from Gary Sanchez at this point. I think he's done. And you just go from there, and hopefully DJ can you know, be your first baseman because he can't play short. Hopefully Torres can be a solid second baseman and, and be what he was when he was 21 years old. You bring in a shortstop that can be another superstar. There's a loaded class this year. And then if you want to bring back Gardner, sure. Bring him back as a fourth outfielder to Hicks and hopefully one more guy because you know Hicks is going to get injured at some point this season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird because 
I think basically what the, the theory is going to have to be for the Yankees is, is kind of goes against what I believe in, but I guess it, it would be the solution that you're looking for is to get guys that have high batting averages. I mean, they have on base percentage guys. They're ninth in the MLB and on base percentage, but they were 23rd in batting average and they hit into the most double plays in major league baseball. So I don't know what the fix is, but clearly something needs to change. And I don't know. It, it's just crazy to me that, you know, back in 2017, you know, they went on that miracle kind of run and they, they played the Astros. They, they played them tight, but they lost. Um, and to sit here in 2021 and be like, this team still hasn't made a world series, hasn't made a, an ALCS. Like it's been brutal. It's been honestly, it's been terrible. Like this is a team that makes the playoffs every single year and then underperforms. And I, it's tough because, you know, this year they had the pitching. They didn't have the offense. In years past, the offense has collapsed. But it was almost expected this year that the offense wouldn't perform. And we said maybe that's a good thing, that they know that they're not going to score and they need great pitching. But that great pitching didn't really show up yesterday either with, with Garrett Cole only lasting two innings. So yeah, everything went wrong. The wheels are off the track. And I just don't know how they write this thing because, you know, you can, you can want to do all those things, but I don't see them parting ways with all those guys. I just don't see it. Luke, do you want some positivity that we know for a fact will happen next year? Yes. DJ Mayhew will be better after this injury. You bring back Luis Absolutely. Severino for a full year. You hope that Diego Herman is, is competent again. Domingo. Domingo. What did I call Diego? I called him Diego. Like, you always you call him Diego every single time. I just don't correct you all the time. You need to start correcting me. Like I will not take offense to it because I, I need to have that <laughs> bashed through my skull apparently. That it's Domingo <laughs> and not Diego. I think I called him Diego like at work today. Which yeah, is, I mean you called him you called him Diego last show too. You, you got to correct me on this, Luke. Again, I'm no, an idiot. I, I, I don't deserve to be here, and this is a free Twitch <laughs> stream, Luke. You got to correct me here so I can figure out what's what's up. But again, Severino will be back. He looked very promising, you know, in the in the couple innings that he pitched this year. Again, it'll be tough to slowly work him back. Hopefully, Cole can figure it out. Right, he was kind of caught in the in the sticky stuff situation maybe he figures it out during the offseason without it and i don't i don't want to use this but i i'm gonna guess that his hamstring wasn't 100 percent. i don't think it's a valid excuse for why he pitched poorly but ever since he came back from that you know didn't even miss a start he's he's gone pretty downhill and i'm not saying that's an excuse um but i wonder if that played a part of the the mislocation stuff like that i mean you gotta launch off your legs and stuff like that i i don't know it's just something that I've I've kind of bounced around in my head, but not an excuse, but just maybe a reason. Right. If you're in the game, you've got to be better. And he's Agreed. in the game, he's got to be better. But also, if, if the, you hope this is the reason why, right? You hope that the reason why he is not performing like you expected is because of an injury. Because if it's not, that means he's bad. That means he might be washed already, which is a problem because you expected this year and the next two, maybe three, to be the the positive years, right? Because that back end of the contract is not going to be what it's supposed to be. It's going to be a bad contract by the end of it. Yeah. And I think he'll be okay. I think he will, but it's just tough because like that, like everyone said the whole week leading up to it, like that's the moment you pay him for. Like that's what he's here for is to pitch well in that game. And he didn't pitch well. So he deserves, I think, you know, everything that's coming at him. I think he can handle it. I think he understands he has to be better. I mean, he said that's the, the worst feeling ever is just not being able to perform for your team. Um, but yeah, I think it's about, I think really what they need to do is retool that bottom of the lineup. Like you said, like Glaber Torres isn't cutting it. I don't know what they're going to do at catcher, to be honest, because there's not a lot of great offensive catchers. And, you know, Gary Sanchez clearly is not a good defensive catcher. So that's not going to work out. Um, Gio Rochella performed very, you know, below average this year compared to what you expected from him. I think DJ will bounce back. I think you're right there. 
Um, I'd move on from Boyd as well. I think his peak was two years ago. I thought the Yankees should have traded him that offseason, but they couldn't. Um, we'll see, though. I think Rizzo would be a decent bring back for the Yankees. Um, you know, he's a guy that can get on base, plays good defense, um, willing to take the ball the other way. Like, he's, he's a solid guy to have. But, you know, if the Yankees don't want to pay guys, he's not going to be here. It's simple as that. He's an older guy. He's going to want some money. And if the Yankees aren't going to go over the luxury tax, then Anthony Rizzo won't be a Yankee. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and Luke, I think they have to go over the luxury tax very shortly because you've got a contract. Yeah, I mean, they're losing the fan base. I mean, you've got to pay Judge in, in at least a year, right? He's going to come in $20 million, at least, I would imagine. And, and from there, where are you cutting the rest of your money from? You know, Chapman's off the books, what, next year? So that's $18 yeah, million. next year. You got to see if you can move on from him this year, maybe. I mean, with Lu- the way Lu- yeah. Luizaga pitched, the way you want to save money. I mean, I would definitely look into trading him. Yeah, I don't if know why any you want to value out there, but you know, you yeah. look at this team and, and say, if they don't go over in the next year or so, they're probably not re-signing Aaron Judge. They're probably not bringing back Labor Torres because a lot of these guys are going to command some semblance of double-digit money, if not more. And if they're not willing to pay for over the luxury tax, then they're not willing to pay these guys. And that's going to be a really scary sight, Luke, when you've got Garrett Cole pitching on a team that wins 80 games. You can't have yeah, that happen. I wonder if they look at the Rays, and that's kind of why they're like, well, if we blow through it, like, that's no guarantee. Like, look at the Rays. They pay no one, and they're so great. But, it's but the Rays late. are smarter than you. But it's too late. Yeah. You're already all in. You've already spent too much money on players. You, you can't tell me. You can't be half pregnant. Like, you're pregnant at this point. I'm sorry, Yankees. It, it's past the time. Like, you got, you've got to see this through. You've got to see the next couple months through and, and deal with it and deal with the consequences because you already paid Stanton. You already paid Cole. You, you're paying Chapman. You're paying these guys. And you've got to eat the money. You've got to deal with it. Pony up. Spend big money like the Dodgers are. Still use your analytics and go out there and win 100 games and win a World Series. Because if you don't in this core – that that's bad that's really bad if you can't win a world series in the next three years when garrett cole is at the top of his game yeah and i mean we keep pushing the timeline back like in 2017 it's like oh this team will win within the next four or five years well we're already in the fourth year and it's not looking too promising so they're gonna have to really turn around this offseason luke let's go to something more promising let's go to the new york does that that even exist okay new york football giants they won a game that's right They've got a chance, Luke. Hear me out. Kind of crazy. If they win this game against Dallas on, on Sunday night in, in Jerry World, they're a game back of the division lead. Wow. And, and, and that's something. You know, look, Dallas looks really good. They're a really good football team. That, that defense, I think, is masking a lot of its issues with the, the turnovers. Again, we said they have something like seven turnovers. You know, they're a plus seven turnover differential. I think that masks a lot of the defense, defensive flaws because they're not a great defensive team. But that's a good offense that you're facing, and it's a big, big test for this Giants defense that, frankly, needs to show us something if there's any hope for this team to have a successful year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I actually – sorry, I was, I was checking the, the uh, standings to, to make sure on that. That's crazy. That Yeah, I mean, if the Giants win this game, they're 2-3, and three, Dallas 3-2. Three and two. I could have just looked at the sheet, but um, – I don't know, Matt. Am I stupid? Am I crazy for maybe sipping a little bit of the Giants blue Kool-Aid? Just a little bit. Just oh, a little bit. Luke, because a week ago, I'm making the Kool-Aid, baby. I know, but a week ago, we're sitting here talking about how this team is hopeless and there's nothing and they're going to lose their next 10 games. And now I'm like, they're on the road. Daniel Jones has crushed it on the road for who knows what reason. 
honestly, you know, we'll see what happens with their receivers. I haven't seen the the up, you know, Slayton and Shepard aren't practicing right now. It's probably not a good sign. Um, but they got Kadarius Tony involved. They got Kenny Galladay working out. Uh, Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. Like that offense looked really good. Their defense looked a little bit better. And like you said, this this Cowboys defense is kind of masking things. They've gotten a lot of turnovers. Uh, they've had some weird kind of moves. You know, they cut Jalen Smith. So that whole situation kind of went on this week. I think the Giants are going to keep this game close. And I think that, you know, going into the fourth quarter, I think they'll definitely have a chance to win this game. Luke, I think we might both be taking the Giants in our picks. It's oh. a plus seven. I mean, that's I'll tell juicy. you what. I got them locked in. I mean, I'll say that right now. They are one of my picks. Wow. I, I Seven is a huge number. I think they're going to keep it. Even if they lose, I think they keep it close. And look, if, if I'm wrong, if we come here on Monday and they get absolutely blown out, then that's it. I'm done with the Giants. There's no, there's nothing left after that. So this is a huge, huge game for the Giants because we know how tough that schedule is. Divisional games are huge if they want to actually make an impact. And Daniel Jones looked like that dude last week. So why can't he look like that dude again? Against an equally bad defense. But, but yeah. then, oh man, look, the, this schedule, it keeps changing. And I think the biggest thing for me <laughs> that I look at is the fact that what Steve Young says, which is the first month of the season doesn't count. Because especially this year, it might be like the first six weeks where no one played in the preseason. And you look at these yep. first four games, the defense looked bad. The offense, first three games, very mediocre. But now you're getting a, you know more advanced. You're getting used to the systems. You're bringing in Kadarius Toney. I mean, you had a great offensive calling by, uh, by Jason Garrett last week. He's facing his old team. He wants to win. He has the energy. Not only that. You know, the Rams look a little more human after the last couple weeks. The Panthers don't look too hot, right? They might have been 3-0 because of their schedule. You know, then you got the Chiefs, a good team. That defense is shaky. The Raiders, we don't necessarily know where they are after losing to the Chargers. I mean, there's a lot of, of volatility in this schedule, Luke. Again, a lot of it does seem like it stacks up against the Giants, but it kind of comes down to this week and beating the Dallas Cowboys. Because if you can do that, it gives you a little more wiggle room. You have a game up on Dallas, an important divisional game. And I really like what I'm seeing from this team right now in the Giants. And it's been one week, but you talk about the first three weeks, Luke, there's three plays in there that you change. And this is a team that instead of one and three is three and one. And that's a huge swing. Yeah, I mean, a missed field goal in the Washington game. Uh, and then in that uh, Falcons game, I mean, you could – the the dropped interception and to be honest they should have just played better in general um but again they did lose those games and hopefully they're they're teaching moments and not moments that make them miss the playoffs but yeah like you said i mean every team in the nfl right now seemingly has flaws like no one's perfect except for the the bills even except for the bills that's right they're flawless but no but i mean the chiefs uh defenses look bad the bucks have have not been able to figure out really on both sides of the ball to be honest so far so, you know, even though the Giants are an imperfect team, so are the Cowboys. But the one thing I will say is one thing we haven't talked about is this Cowboys offense is legit. They are scary good. I mean, the way they ran the ball against Carolina last week was super impressive. We already know what kind of weapons they have. You know, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and, and Dalton Schultz looks like a, a really legit tight end as well. Um, but the way that they just grounded and pounded, I mean, 34 carries, 245 yards against Carolina last week. So they showed that they're not just a passing team. This isn't. You know, one of those years where Dak has to throw the ball 55 times a game for them to win. You know, uh, they have a brilliant uh, play caller in Kellen Moore. Like, they're, they're doing a lot of things right. So, it's definitely not a walk in the park. And I think the Giants are going to have to score points. Because the Cowboys will score. I mean, this Giants defense, I don't think, is going to pitch a shutout. So, that Giants offense is going to have to look just as good as they did last week. 
It, it will, and you kind of touched on it, Luke, but this is a scary, scary Cowboys offense. And, and I think what's so tough is they can beat you in every single way possible. They've got insane wide receiver weapons. They've got a, you know, a dual threat in the backfield between Zeke and, and Pollard. And I think it comes down to can Daniel Jones take care of the ball, right? He's done it the last – this season he's done it. He only has two turnovers in these first four games, Luke. And one of them I don't count just because it was on a Hail Mary at the end of the half against New Orleans. So yeah. you've got a guy that's taking control of the football. He can really tear it up offensively when he needs to. Look, last week he was 14 of 19 for 203 yards in the fourth quarter in overtime alone. Like, that reads like a full game for, for some quarterbacks. Right, that looked like a full game for him, you know, just a, a couple weeks ago. So for him to to look like as good as he's looked, for him to be able to throw the ball deep down the field, take the top off the defense, if he can be not passive, but if he can be smarter with his decision making, and the Giants can can run the ball effectively, if they can you know dump it off for to Barkley for short screen passes, make guys miss, get guys open in space, control the ball, I don't see why they can't win this game. But you've got to keep Dak off the field as best you can. And your defense has to be able to to play like the Jets defense, right? Bend but don't break. Yep. Force field goals instead of touchdowns. Because this Cowboys team will score points. But you kind of look at what happened against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. That Chargers defense was able to force field goals. They were able to force misses, you know, penalties, things like that. And that was part of how the Chargers were this close to beating the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and I think also with this uh, with this game and with Daniel Jones, you talked about he's he's taking care of the ball a lot better than he has the last couple of years. And if you see that as Jason Garrett, you have to say we gotta let him loose. Like we gotta let him loose. Like he if he's gonna be our guy, he has to make the right decision. We have to trust him to make these decisions. If he wants to air it out, let him air it out. You know, let him make these decisions. Don't you know? Don't force him into these these little like I don't even know. The Giants' offense was just so boring. You know, when they don't let Daniel Jones go out and do his thing. So let him do his thing. Let Danny cook. Like, let Danny Dimes cook. You know, we talk about less, let Russ cook. Let him make these decisions. Let Daniel Jones do that because this offense is a lot more fun when he has the ball in his hands, whether he's running, whether he's making a deep pass, even whether he's deciding that on an option play, he's going to hand it off to Saquon Barkley. Let him make those decisions himself, and I think that's what's going to make this offense, you know, a lot more fun to watch. But I'm very excited for this game. It's a very Giants-Cowboys game, you know, 425 kickoff. It's going to be fun. For some reason, Daniel Jones has been great on the road, so I think – you know, inside a dome, nice conditions. I think you gotta you gotta expect that the Giants' offense plays well again. I'm so excited for this game, Luke. And best of all, Luke, ready for this? As we go through the, the debacles of, of my life, I will not be having to watch on my computer. I'll be home. Wow, all on nice cable with a fresh haircut wow. and a nice, beautiful, forty-plus inch flat screen TV in the living room of my parents' house. Now I've got to convince them to let me sit and watch TV all day. Because it'll start at 9.30 with the Jets and we've got some errands to run. Some some holiday shopping to shop for since Hanukkah comes early this year. But I'm going to try to really... Yeah, it comes uh, like the day of Thanksgiving. Wow. Yeah. So get your gift ready for me. I didn't me. know that. Get your gift ready for me. That's right. But, oh, but I'm I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm excited for this game more than I am, I think, any other game this week. Just because this is an important game for the Giants, right? It's a rivalry game. I, I, I'm getting pulled into this Giants team, and I don't want to. And it feels like what we were last year, right, Luke? You look back to last yeah. year when we were sitting in our respective uh, on you know, off-campus housing saying, well, if the Giants just do this one thing, they're in there, and then you know, Daniel Jones gets hurt or he throws for you know, 17 fumbles. 
But but this year he it throws, feels different. Yeah. Okay, he drops the ball 17 times. What do you want me to say, Luke? All right. <laughs> he throws a lot of fumbles, yeah. You know what, Luke? Leave. I'll do so this. So you're more excited for the Giants than the Jets this week. Is that what you're saying? I might be, just because of the magnitude of the game. Like we were yeah, running off the Giants good. just a week ago, but this team feels different now. And maybe it's the win. Maybe we're getting caught up in it, right? We're drinking the Kool-Aid hard. But I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, man. I mean, this defense has got to figure it out. You know, if, if I'm talking about this team long-term, you've got to do better defensively. But I think the offense is right there. I think the offense is right there the way they played this past week. You know, the Falcons game was rough. But but you, you're also kind of surprised when you lose Shepard and Slayton. You know, this past week, you had a full week to deal with it. You had a full week to say, okay, these are the plays we want to run. These are the guys we want to get involved. And now rolling into the Cowboys game, you might not need those two guys to put up numbers because again this defense is not all that special for the Cowboys and it's obviously a must-win game for the Giants you know we've said it last week we said it the week before we said it the week before that you know against Washington but this game is really really significant and and now Luke unless you've got anything else on the Giants I think it's time no. the Watley and Owen show weekly picks right oh here yeah baby on Twitch TV Join the conversation if you got picks of your own right here on Twitch. And if you're missing the show, catch us on the podcast, Spotify and Apple Podcast. And we'll even tweet out our picks on our Twitter feed, at Watley and Owen Show. Be sure to check out the beautiful graphic that I wrote. Luke, would you like a, an update of sorts on the uh, – Yeah, give me the update. So, obviously, as we kind of touched on last uh, – on Monday, Luke, I was dominant in this week's picks. But my Monday night game ends up ends up losing – Right, Vegas does not cover. It was it was really tough. It was close, but they couldn't quite get it. And I'm down only one game to you, Luke. Only one game. I sit here at thirteen and eleven. You at fourteen and ten. You had an excellent week yourself, four and two. And Luke, if you want to run through your week by week, you're with three and three, three and three, four and two, four and two. So the master of consistency. Wow. Now for me, if you take out one of my bad weeks, so either the week one or week three, I'm dominant as well. Well, there's only been four weeks, so you're just saying that half of the time you're good, half the time you're bad. No, if, so if you no take sense. out my week one, then I then I'm twelve and six. That's pretty good. Okay, but there's been four. That's like you can't say that if it's like week sixteen, you could say okay, take out this game and this game, but it's week five. There's only there's only been four weeks, and you well, just took Luke, away. Let, half let me game. say this: if you take away four games in my week one, three games in my week three, and then one game in my week two and week four, each I'm undefeated. Yeah, so exactly. just let that, that, that's exactly how you sound right now. <laughs> let that settle that's exactly in for you, buddy. How you sound. All right. All right. Uh, let me pull up the spreads here. I know we kind of touched on the Giants. You're pretty confident in that pick. I, I still don't know if I can go with the Giants, but I'll let you start. Yeah, I, I'll take uh, the Giants first. Let's start off. Plus seven on the road against Dallas. Daniel Jones has been great on the road. This is one of those games, Matt, you like to say with the Jets. Maybe you, 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 you dabble a little money line here. I don't know if I love the money line play, but I do love the plus seven. That's a lot of points. I know the Cowboys are at home. This could be one of those games where it's like that Cowboys-Eagles Monday night game where it just gets out of hand. But I think this Giants team is a lot better than the Eagles, uh, despite their records being the same. But I think I think the Giants cover. Yeah, I, I like the pick. I'll, I'll see if I get to it, Luke. Um, ooh, there's a couple of really nice lines here that I'm pretty happy with. I actually hate the board. Really? I, I don't know. I'm okay with a couple of them. That's true. Seven points is big. I'm going to, you know, Monday night, you got Baltimore taking on uh, Indianapolis. Baltimore minus seven. I picked Indy last week and, and won outright, actually. 
But let me go with a, a pick that I'm actually, I'll say on the confidence scale, I'm probably a, a 7 out of 10. LA minus 2.5 taking on Seattle. The, the Rams, that is. And Ooh. I, in Seattle, I know, Thursday night game, it's a little risky, but I don't love this Seattle team. And I think the Rams coming off a loss, an in-division loss, this is a team that can't afford to go 0-2 in divisional play. So I think they come out with a win here on Thursday night. I like that pick. I thought about it. It's a tough one because Seattle coming off a big win, the Rams coming off a big loss. That means the Rams are going to win this game. So I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to stay away from it, though, for now. Uh, I'm going to go with my second pick, which is a risky one. I'm not going to lie. I hate this game, but it feels right. I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus one against Denver. Teddy Bridgewater feeling a little better, still in concussion protocol. The Steelers need a win. And I know they stink. I know they've looked terrible. But it just feels like they're not a 1-4 team. Like, they're a team that I think is still going to hang around, you know, try to contend for a wild card. The, the bottom of the AFC is pretty weak. And this is a big game for them. And at home, 1 o'clock game, it, it just feels right. It feels like a game the Steelers are going to bounce back and win. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus 1. Luke, I got to look at the board here again. And there's a couple games I like. I like Green Bay minus 3. Yeah, ooh, that's a really nice line. I might, I might have to go. With Green Bay here. My, yeah, let's do it. I was trying to figure out the stream, Luke, while you were talking. I didn't get to look at the board. So I'm going to go Green Bay. Minus three, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Two road teams I have winning. Two road favorites, I should add. But I really like this Green Bay team. I think a, a low number like three is something I'm comfortable with. I don't think you know bang, the Bengals have necessarily faced too many great opponents. Ooh. One, one point against my pick, Luke, that I could say is, you know, Cincinnati kind of had a scare against Jacksonville. So does that give them a little extra something to go out there and win? But it's too late. I've committed to Green Bay. I'll ride Green Bay. They haven't really, you know, proved me wrong yet. Granted, they lost week one for me. But I'll go Green Bay. It's a, it's a low number. I like it. I was thinking about going with the Titans minus four and a half against the Jags. But just because the Jags are in shambles. But the Titans have 21 players on their injury report list today on practice. So I'm going to stay away from Yes, 21 players. Jeez. It is a laundry list. Uh, I'm going to go with the Sunday night game, Bills at Chiefs. I like the Bills plus two and a half. Uh, of course you do. Giving them two and a half on the road. I Look, put, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I said that they are the best team in the AFC. The Chiefs have a lot of holes on defense. I think the Bills should be able to win this game outright. And if they don't, then I'll have to eat my words. But I, I still think they're the best team in the AFC right now. Uh, maybe, maybe the Chargers are kind of entering that conversation, but the Bills mm. are a little more proven. I'll take the Bills plus two and a half. I'm just going to have to call L.A. frauds, even though they're like a very solid football team. It just It's the narrative that I stuck with at the beginning of the season, Luke, in my mind, and I have to write it out. But that's well, a, yeah, because a, a lot of people watch. like them. And, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm not completely sold. Don't get me wrong. I think they still have a lot to do, but they're, they're definitely off to a good start. Oh, ooh, this, is, this might be my lock of the week, Luke. Oh, baby. Yeah, I got to save this for my lock of the week. I already got it on lock, I should say, but I've got to save it for you guys as I look through some other – picks that I need to get towards the LA minus one and a half is, is kind of interesting Luke against the Browns I can't take it quite just yet you know what give me the Giants plus seven I yeah, know it's another it pick is. that you had Luke but I love the Giants we're gonna have to eat our words after this game I know it we're falling for it but I love it yeah me too so I have four picks right this is my lock is it lock time no that was three you had the Giants Pittsburgh and Buffalo oh you know why because one of the teams I we just talked about I had written down but I had Disgusting, yeah, and that is the LA Chargers. Minus one and a half at home. 
this is a huge trap line, and this is the game I'm going to regret. I'm penciling. This is my Broncos of last week because the Browns – Which was embarrassing, I might add. The Browns played terrible last week, and that's in my mind. And I saw the Chargers play awesome on Monday night. Definitely is is one of those games where the Browns are going to bounce back. But look, I'm very unimpressed with Baker Mayfield. I To me, he's going to get way overpaid. You know, he's a, a good quarterback. He's an above-average quarterback. He's not a top-ten quarterback. Justin Herbert is a top ten quarterback, and that Chargers offense is buzzing. They've got some defense to go with it. Getting to the quarterback left and right, I'm going to take the Chargers minus one and a half against the Browns. Luke, our very own friend of the show, Mikey P, chimes in and says he hopes for his his uh, his fan sanity that my pick, which was Green Bay minus three, is wrong. Yeah, he's a he's a Bengals guy, right? He doesn't like that pick. Not a Buffalo guy out of a uh, Syracuse, out of Liverpool, New York. I know. No, he's a Bengals guy and a Nationals guy, kind of all over the place a little bit. I'm a big Nats guy as well. You know, my team of destiny from from a couple of years ago. That's right. They People were. Forget. People, I wonder if you're gonna have an NFL team of destiny this year. I'm really wondering. I don't usually do team of destiny for for the NFL. That's true. You gotta. There's not. You gotta wait for a good narrative. And, the, and the, you don't have a narrative yeah. yet. The baseball one. You know, St. Louis is too good to be true, and and I don't think they have much. You know, the Giants are kind of right there. I don't know if they deserve to be Team of Destiny. Maybe it's the Rays this year. But that's not really juicy. No, no don't Team of Cardinals do lead one nothing over the Dodgers right now. Wow. How about that? That's such, a, that's such an odd matchup to have Scherzer and Wainwright just because it feels like it's 2007 all over again. Wainwright, man. Did they, did they base off year. when the Tigers were in the World Series? Or were they never in the World Series? The Tigers never played the Cardinals in the World Series. Who did the Tigers play? play? Giants. Oh, the the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals beat the uh, Rangers. Okay, yeah, it's it's close. Both are relevant teams now. Yes, that is true. Well, let's get back to football, though, Luke. The real, the real man sport. Oh, it's the, your pick, buddy. The new America's pastime. I know. I'm trying to find a pick. Oh boy, there's not a I've lot got a- left that I like. Washington football team plus two really screams to me, Luke, and I'm going to take it. Wow. I picked them last week. They covered for me. It was a short line. Now, granted, I would imagine that. Who did they play last week? I don't even remember. Atlanta. What was that? Atlanta. Oh, they beat Atlanta. That's right. Yes. And they were minus one and a half uh, favorite, I should say. But I, I don't know. There's just not much else I can pick off this board, Luke, right now. I probably should have done my prep beforehand. But give me Washington plus two. They might win outright. You know, I think something's got to give for this team. I don't know if I love what New Orleans does. And I have to imagine if the Washington football team, this defense, if they figure it out at some point, it's going to have to be this week against a pedestrian quarterback. That's just what it'll have to be. And Mikey P is not going to be happy with me because I'm joining you. Lock of the week. Wow. Green three against the Bengals. This is such a sucker's line because you look at these two teams. Bengals look bad against the Jags. Packers coming off a huge win over Pittsburgh. It's like, oh, man, the Packers just can't lose right now. They're really rolling. But I really believe that. I really believe they're going to keep rolling. I think they'll win this game by at least a touchdown. Cincinnati, maybe without Joe Mixon as well. If they become one-dimensional, it's going to be a lot tougher for them to win this game. I know they're at home, but I like the Packers minus three. Lock it in. Luke, can you guess my lock of the week here? Just just take a guess. It's very obvious. Oh, is it the uh, – could it be the New York Football Jets? No, absolutely not. Come on, man. It's is my it Carolina the... Panthers. Wow. Minus three and a half. 
taking on the uh, Eagles, coming off a tough loss. The Eagles still stink. They're horrible. Don't tell me otherwise. The Panthers are going to roll. Sam Darnold is amazing. He's beautiful. Oh, man. Give me Sam Darnold. I, I might even go – I might even say they might win by seven, Luke. They might, this might be a double-digit win for Carolina. I agree. I mean, Carolina's defense a little bit exposed last week on the ground. You know, they couldn't really cover. But uh, they made some deals. Stephon Gilmore, I mean, that's not going to be this week. But clearly they're committed to winning. Uh, Sam Darnold, you know, looked pretty good last week in a loss. So I, I like that pick. I, I definitely thought about it, too. So I Oh, he's it. great. Oh, he's incredible. Uh, Mikey P says, he, you know, agrees with us, Luke. Minus three does seem easy for Green Bay. And that's our pick. So I'll quickly run through mine, Luke. Uh, Carolina minus three and a half. That's my lock of the week. The Rams minus two and a half. Green Bay minus three. The Giants plus seven. And Washington plus two. Yeah, I've got the Chargers minus one and a half. The Giants plus seven. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Bills plus two and a half. Uh, I've got the Steelers minus one. And I've got my lock of the week. The Packers minus three against Cincinnati. And, and Luke, let's get to... One of your picks this week, the Bills. And we'll, we'll dive into them a little more in depth here. We've got about 15 minutes left in the show. They're playing a really, really important game Sunday night against the Chiefs. Because this is obviously a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Obviously two of the, the really good teams in this conference. But for me, Luke, this is a real prove-me game for the Bills. Because this is a Chiefs team that year in, year out, the last several years under Patch Mahomes, has been dominant. They haven't quite been as good this year, just two and two, but it's still a big meter stick and a yardstick for this Bills team to go out there and see who they actually are after playing, you know, a couple cupcakes early in the season. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are now the, the New England of old, where it's like, okay, you're this new up-and-coming team. Are you better than New England? And usually you weren't. And I think that's what the Chiefs are. I understand they're two and two, but they lost to the Ravens. And that was a game that I think, I mean, you were all over it, uh, that Baltimore was going to bounce back and, and win that game. And then they lose to the Chargers, who, I don't know, they've played well so far. You know, we're both not completely convinced. But it's not like they lost to, you know, Houston. Like, they, they've, they've played tight games. Um, and this is going to be a tough one for the Bills. And I think the question for the Bills is how legitimate is, A, the run game, which has been really good. They've been able to balance it a little bit better than the years past. And, B, is their defense? Because this is their toughest test. You know, the Chiefs have a million different weapons. Uh, Edwards Alaire has not had a great year, but he's absolutely killed the Bills the last two or the two games they played last season, which the Bills lost. I mean, they were embarrassed at home on that Monday night football game. And then in that AFC wildcard game or championship game, I should say, they're up nine nothing, but you could tell the whole game they were gonna lose. And they end up losing by multiple touchdowns. And I think the Chiefs are gonna want to stick it to the Bills. I think the Chiefs hear all the talk about the Bills. I mean, the Bills were ranked number one in the ESPN Power Rankings this week. I think a lot of people are high on them. And I think, you know, I think we're on, you know, you're on this, this side of, hey, like, let's let's see them play a real team. I'm on the side of, to me, if you beat any NFL team by 40, it's pretty solid. So something's got to get here. Either the Bills are legit and they're here and they're ready to stay, or this is still the Chiefs AFC. And I think that's what makes it such an intriguing game for Sunday Night Football. Yeah, and I, I think I'm not not sold on Buffalo, Luke. What, what really prodded my, my conversation You want the brakes to be pumped a little bit. Yeah. No, I want people on to the, stop the saying point that they're dominant in point differential when they played nobody. Like, like the, the Houston Texans are one injury away from having our good friend Jake Asman fill in, who's out there in Houston. <laughs> like, again, come on. Loose, again, loose description of the, of the term good friend. I would say Jake Asman's a good friend of mine. <laughs> I don't know about you. That's true. 
He did call you a nice person. He did. <laughs> I wished him happy birthday the other month, and he called me a nice person. So that's right. Me, me, and Jake Asman go way back. It's been how about this? How about this though, Matt? Since I graduated, uh, or no, five years I would say since high school. Yeah. Did you just say you graduated high school eight years ago? Yeah, because I was thinking. Well, no, I did. Four years of college and four. Oh no, no I started high what school you, four years ago. This is just ridiculous. You started high school four no, years ago. No, you started high school eight. Years Ago. That's what I meant. Yes, we graduated. we graduated five years ago. Yes, okay. This has just gone downhill very fast. Um, but the Chiefs, though, Matt, getting Josh Gordon this week, I, a lot of uh, chippiness going on the timeline with some of our actual uh, friends of the program, uh, with with the great Chiefs guy Mark Gunnels, and uh, who was the uh, the reporter? He was he was uh, locked in with. Why Why are you making me say the name? We We know I can't pronounce it. I need I need to just DM him and ask him how to pronounce his name. Is that too it's, much? Uh, DJ Bien Aim, Ami Bien Aim, <laughs> Bien Aim, like Bienemy, but with Aim. I also, don't know. why does he not have a, a check mark yet? He he's great. I don't know why he doesn't. He's been with yeah. the the New York Daily News for a while too. But yeah, and the whole conversation is, you know, is Josh Gordon going to make an impact? Uh, Bien Aim, we'll call him, uh, is saying, you know, he's been out of the league for a few years, hasn't been dominant in a while. Mark Gunnels is saying, you know, he's a guy that can go out and, and still make big plays. I think the Bills definitely need to take it with some caution, but he's only been there a couple of weeks. You don't think he's going to be fully immersed in this offense. Kind of like when Antonio Brown joins a team where he's definitely a threat, but it's going to take him a few weeks to really become a legitimate threat. Um, but he's definitely a guy you have to, to pay attention to. Yeah, he, he is, but he also hasn't played football in, what, two years? Yeah. He hasn't been a mainstay in an NFL lineup in way longer than that as well. But but this is regardless a very good offense, and I think this is a big test for the Buffalo defense, right? And, and this Luke is the probably the most exciting game of the week. You know, I touched on the Giants Cowboys. That might be juicy for me just because I like watching Daniel Jones and seeing what he can do. But for for all purposes, this is the closest to a you know conference championship preview that we might get, given it was just happened last year, and th- this is in in KC, which kind of hurts the Bills a little bit. And I think it's a big test for Josh Allen, too, because you saw what happened, you know, in the regular season last year, taking on Kansas City. He couldn't really show up. Similar thing happened against Tennessee. But this is a different year for Josh Allen, right? This is a year where he needs to continue to be consistently great for all 17, all 18 weeks, all 17 games. And this is just really exciting, Luke, is, is this game. I mean, this is this is lock in, you know, no phone, no, no, no friends, just you watching by yourself. That's right. Maybe without clothes on. A lot is of people that what are you would do? suggesting just my Josh Allen jersey, nothing else. Luke, considering uh, you, you share a, a room with your brothers, I would <laughs> highly suggest you wear clothes. That's right. It's probably be a good idea. Uh, the one thing I will say is kind of the revenge weeks. I mean, you've got the Chiefs this week, the Titans next week. I get it. The Titans, maybe not as strong as we thought. But I think if they get healthy, that's still a tough week. And I think this game is so important because if the Bills win this game, they, they're two games up on Kansas City, who I still think is their toughest competition for the best record. And to get that number one seed, to get the bye, to get home field, so big for the Bills. And who wants to go up to Buffalo and play this team in January? I don't think anyone really wants to. So if they can get home field, if they can secure this win and get two games up plus the head-to-head battle, I mean, they have a weak division. They could, the Bills could realistically go six and zero in division. It, it's certainly possible they could do that. You know, maybe they slip up a game against New England. I don't see it happening. 
maybe Miami. Don't see that happening. The Jets in Week 18, certainly a possibility if they don't play people. But I think at the end of the day, this is a game that goes beyond the AFC East because we think that they have that locked up. And that's why these two weeks are so fun for the Bills because they're playing an actual team. You know, last few weeks we've said, okay, they're playing the Texans. What do you say about that? You know, they're playing Washington. What do you say about that? Well, this week is a chance for them to really prove that they belong. It's on a national scale. It's one of those games where if Josh Allen balls out, he's going to be the guy that's talked about and tweeted about at nauseam, not Patrick Mahomes. So this is kind of a battle and a a preview of what could be for years to come in the AFC. Luke, who's your X factor for the Bills to to win this, this game? Who needs to really show out? Cole Beasley. I think he's the guy. I mean, he had a great week against uh, Washington. Last week, a tough week. He's kind of been in the news cycle a little bit, but he's such a nice, safe option for Josh Allen to have. I mean, Diggs is always reliable. Um, Emmanuel Sanders has turned into a really nice number two, but safe for Cole Six feet away, I would say. That's right. So for Cole Beasley to get open in the slot, I think is going to be huge. He, I mean, he is the king of just picking up first downs, you know, and, and keeping drives alive. And I think he's going to be huge. Because this Chiefs defense has a lot of holes in it. It's a lot, a lot of points and a lot of yards. So I think the Bills will be able to score. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, Luke, we're just approaching the bottom of the hour, signifying the end of our show. Uh, well, it's not really seven. the bottom. It's actually the middle of the hour. Well, the bottom of the hour is is the 30. I thought the bottom of the hour is like, oh, no, that'd be the top of the hour. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Now I get it. There you go. It takes a minute, right? You look at the clock, the top is is the the 12. You're the radio guy here. I apologize for saying such nonsense. Such lunacy. Such lunacy. But let's get to the Jets with the final seven minutes we have, Luke, here on the show. If you missed any moment of the show, the Watling and Owen show, you can catch us on Twitch for the next two weeks, I think, the the recordings hold up, Luke. On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Find them on Twitter, at Watling and Owens. But the Jets, Luke, they're going across the pond for a spot of tea. Yes, finally. Finally, uh, one week in the making. You couldn't say that in your British accent. I don't do British accents. It's it's an it's you can't a cult. Speak like your father? No, it's just disrespectful to my people. For me to try it is. But it's Jets Falcons, yeah, nine thirty in the morning, Luke, in in Tottenham. But it's that, in Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the Jets. Oh wow! Are a plus three favorite, which is kind of surprising because you think Jets could get there faster than Birds. I, I thought that would help them out a little bit. That's a great point. Across the pond in a race, I think the Jets would win it. Um, this is the game for the Jets where I'm like, okay, we saw what you did last week. Now rinse and repeat. Because this Atlanta team is really bad. But we saw against the Giants, for some reason, they really gave the Giants problems on their offense. But really for this for this Jets team, it's about Zach Wilson. Like a 9.30 kick. It just feels right. Jets-Falcons. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, I think the Jets certainly have the ability to put up a lot of points like they did last week. But it's one of those weird games. You have to go all the way to London. What a, a strange environment to be in. I feel bad for the Brits, man. Like, this is what we give them. We give them Jets-Falcons. We give them the Jaguars every year. Like, it, it's kind of tough. No, they uh, Jets-Falcons is exciting a little bit with Zach Wilson. Well, yeah, okay. Take take this show out of it. Who outside of us is excited for Jets-Falcons? Mormons. That's right. Mormons. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Whoever, uh, you know... Got to spend Chains, a quality night with Zach Wilson out in, in uh, BYU. Atlanta Raptors. That's right. Um, but, yeah, look, to me, this is a very winnable game for the Jets. Just like la- uh, last week kind of turned into a winnable game, this Falcons team is really bad. Their defense is really bad. I mean, they were torched up by Taylor Heineke. And you're not a Heineke fan, Matt, so you have to believe that Zach Wilson can do just as well, if not better, than Taylor Heineke did last week, right? Uh, yeah, I do. But, but you also look, he is a young quarterback. I guess Heineke has – 
years of experience, you know, riding the bench the last couple of years. And, I, and I've got to be a fan of his now. He's my fantasy quarterback. That's right. Moved on from Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Wait, yeah. what? In uh, in uh, Jake's league. Oh, you traded Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, for Eckler and, and, and Co. That's right. But that was a good tra- getting, getting back to the important stuff, Luke. Real football, not fantasy. Real football. I'm really surprised the Jets are, are an underdog. I'm really surprised, you know, the FBI of really? ESPN has them at 42.8%. This is a better defense than Atlanta's. This is an offense that looked a lot better against a defense that wasn't top 10 in the NFL. And it's a team that's getting back to full health. You're going to probably see Elijah Moore next week. You saw Keelan Cole last week tear it up. You were able to see, um, sorry, you were able to see Corey Davis actually show up. Jameson Crowder comes back, and I think he was a big part of Davis having a day. And now Zach Wilson has his full assortion, you know, assortment of weapons, and you saw what he did with it. Yeah, I think this offense is going to go around, you know, can Jamison Crowder stay healthy? Because when he's healthy, he's such a nice option for a young quarterback to have, a guy that's going to be always available. You know, he's he's the Cole Beasley. He's the slot guy for the Jets that picks up first downs, that always seems to be open, you know, things like that. And for them to get for, – for the Jets to get him back, I think it's so big. And the other thing, Matt, that's just really tough with this Jets, they can't run the ball. They just can't. And that puts so much pressure on Zach Wilson as a rookie quarterback when – you know, your top rusher was Michael Carter last week, 13 carries, 38 yards. He did have a touchdown, but he averaged 2.9 yards per carry. Like, they just – they don't have a, a high output high output back. So, they really rely on Zach Wilson a lot. Like, there's a lot of pressure on this kid to come in to succeed. He threw the ball 34 times last week against the Titans. And it's a game that obviously they won and obviously looked a lot better. But you want to ease him into this thing. And it's really tough to ease a guy into a game when you don't have a run game, when you don't have the ability to, uh, you know – People say you don't need a great passing game to set up play act- or a great run game to set up play action. But to me, as a dumb football mind, it's like, well, you know, why are they going to think you're going to run it if you have no run game? So that's the thing. There's a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson, I think, that we haven't even discussed just on the fact that all the Jets really have done so far is throwing the ball. Yeah, they certainly have. But I also think against a team like Atlanta, it doesn't matter if you can run the ball or not. They're that bad of a team that you can figure things out. But it'll be interesting, I, you know. On Atlanta's side, Cordero Patterson is a problem in the passing game. He's a solid running back as well. Calvin Ridley, That's to so me, crazy. I, I think he's kind of the taking the, the cake of, look, our team stinks, but someone has to get yards, right? Yeah. Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. Someone has to find the yards. And right now, Calvin Ridley has kind of been the top option, and he gets a lot of the top cornerbacks and, and the, the top looks. So I think he struggled a little bit more than you expect just because he is that top option without a guy like Julio. But it's, it's a defense that, that you're facing that if this offensive line for the Jets holds up and last week they just gave up one sack compared to four, five, and six in the prior weeks, Zach Wilson will have the time, he'll have the ability, and I think he's got this confidence back and this swagger is at high level after last week and winning that game. Yeah, I think the other aspect is I think the Jets defense is going to have a field there. I mean, this Falcons offensive line is terrible. It's legitimately, like, historically one of the worst ever. And the Jets have just absolutely terrorized quarterbacks this year. I mean, they got to Tannehill. It seemed like every single play. I think it's going to be the same for Matt Ryan. He's a statue. I mean, Ryan Tannehill can move a little bit. Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan is just a statue. So I think the Jets are going to get to him a lot. Their defense is going to look good. This is a very winnable game. I mean, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm talking myself into the Matt Watling theory of, of sprinkling a little money line because the defense is going to be solid. If, if Zach Wilson and the, the offense can put up, you know, 24 points, something like that. I think they win this game. Uh, it's a very winnable game. 
Look, I've got to ask you though. You're you're our gambling guru, I would say, right? Sure, yeah. What what's the conversion like between metric and um and the US standards for the line? Cuz it's it's a plus oh, right. 3 line in America. What is it in in England? That's right. I don't I think that I have, you have to ask your dad. I think George's brought, brought on the show. I'm sure he's wagered a bit in his day uh on some What some are you trying English to say? Football. I don't know, but I think uh, I think the Jets are actually favorites, but we're just reading it wrong here in in the U.S. Okay, so I I love the Jets in this game. I wish I picked them as as a pick, but but Luke, that's all the time we've got for today. Unfortunately, we'll be back next Monday probably. I will be driving back up to Oswego from my home on Long Island. I'll try to be there in time, Luke. But if not, we might have to you know cancel the show, which is unfortunate. Wow! And, and who would have yeah. thought it'd be my fault, given you know your weddings yeah. and. 10 days. How do you feel? Yeah, it's usually my fault. Oh, we're feeling good. A little stressed out, but you know, we'll get there. Yep. Our wedding, as I called it uh, the other day. That's right. Our wedding. You got to go get prettied up back home. I, I got to do my hair up for you. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that note, we'll catch you guys next week. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. If for some reason you want to see our faces again, you can watch the Twitch rerun right here on the Wally and Owens show and the Wally and Owens Twitch stream. Good night.